Hey y'all, this is Sam. And this is Steven. And this is Crimeology. This is episode 38. We are so far into this. Um, and here we are, ready to go again. Um, so I want to start off by saying before we get into it, thank you guys so much for supporting us and for continuing to come back and listening to us. Um, we haven't talked about numbers in a very long time, but numbers are still very high and they've still maintained at the same level, which is super cool. I mean, the fact that we've had 38 episodes and we're still staying, still staying at the same numbers is pretty awesome. So thank you guys so much for continuing to come back and listen. If this is your first ever episode, thank you. Um, congratulations. You've, (laughs) you found the most award-winning Okay, that's a lie. Podcast on the internet. Right. Um, and with that, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Um, follow us on Facebook. We post all of our source material um, on Facebook. Make sure you're following our Instagram at CrimeologyPod. And then make sure if you have any suggestions of anything, um, you can email us at CrimeologyPod at gmail.com. Now, with that being said, let's jump right into the episode. So each episode, I start with talking about how I came across this case. <gasps> Sam, is this a TikTok one? This is not. What? <laughs> so pretty much, I think this whole season we've had like, I think this is maybe the third episode we've had that I didn't come from TikTok. <laughs> um, but I don't really, with that being said, I don't know exactly where I found this case. I know Stephen really likes bank heist and prison escapes. That's so right. I think the last time I did a prison escape, I like when I was researching that case came across this case and so wrote it down and to come back to it later and here we are. So this week we're talking about six men who escaped from a Merced County jail in California and it happened this year January 9th 2021 six inmates escaped from their cell a little after midnight. So the six men were living together in a nine-man cell. They cut through a ventilation system to get to the roof of the jail, and then from there tied their bedsheets together and used it as a rope to scale down the 20-foot building. Okay, so obviously, right off the bat, this is like the prototypical, like, what you see in a movie. <laughs> Honestly. is ex- I mean, exactly how you described it is just perfectly this is how it is in the movies Uh, honestly i mean it was like now granted i I mean i'm about to go over like what these people what these men are in prison for and so they are marked as dangerous men but like just the fact is so that like what i'm trying to say is like they're going to be in prison for a very long time so they do have days upon days upon days that they could work on this plan but the fact that it works out so effortlessly for them that they, like, get out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I think it's really funny, too. Or not funny, but interesting. I've never heard of the the nine-person cell before. Right. You know? And so most of the time, you know, whenever we think of, you know, being in prison, it's, you know, one or, you know, two-person cells. And I, I think... I only have it to, like, oh, nine, 90 days in on Netflix watched that recently and they do like group cells i don't know how many people are in in a cell but right but yeah i mean i mean just but instantly right there i mean like you can just picture this right they cut up go to the ventilation system head out out to the roof and then throw their bed sheet ladder 
off the side and rappel down. Right. It's straight from a movie. Um, so now let's talk about the men and what their charges were. So we have Jorge Barron, who is 20 years old. He's held on violation of a probation. We have Gabriel Frances Coronado, who is 19, held on attempted murder, shooting at an inhabited dwelling, participation in a criminal street gang, being a felon in possession of a firearm, and violation of probation. We have Manuel Allen Leon, who is 21 years old, held on assault with a firearm, shooting at an inhabited dwelling, invading a peace officer, and reckless driving. And those two had a black backslash in the middle of them so it like makes you wonder if like he used a car to invade the police officer but i don't know for sure i didn't do a whole lot of digging on that along with participation in a criminal street gang and carrying a loaded firearm fourth guy we have is andreas nunes rodriguez jr who is 21 years old held on attempted murder shooting at an inhabited dwelling participation in a criminal street gang and being a felon in possession of a firearm then we have Fabian Cruz Roman, who is 22-year-old, facing murder charges. And then Edgar Eduardo Ventura, who is 22 years old, held on felon in possession of a firearm, participation in criminal streaking, and violation of probation. So like I said, all of these men are marked as dangerous men, dangerous men in the media. And so everyone is encouraged to use increased caution if they come across these guys. So going back to that one that you were talking about where he was evading a peace officer and reckless driving. Usually reckless driving is like, I mean, like you can just get that by yourself. Right. A standalone charge. But I'm guessing that it was just like he was evading a peace officer and it was, you know, very reckless. That's kind of what I'm thinking on that one. But who knows? Right. So, eight hours went by from when the men escaped to when anybody even knows about it. So, head check happens at 8 a.m. in the morning in the prison, and this is when the men are discovered to be missing. So, the sheriff at the time said that due to court rulings, law enforcement personnel are not allowed to interrupt an inmate's sleep in the facility. They still have officers walking around like kind of up and down the cell blocks and they look into each room but even if an officer looked into the room and saw something weird or thought maybe something was going on in the room he wouldn't have been able to wake the inmates up so even if a guy was like hey that doesn't really look like they're in there they couldn't really do anything about it that's pretty interesting to me yeah it was like if they see something weird going on that they can't go in there and like, Hey, what's going on here? Right. But right. So this jail in particular has had incidents in the past of inmates escaping. So this is no new news for this jail. The building itself was also really old and was always having worked on, on it all of the time for various reasons. And But even with that being said, after some time, the sheriff at the time came back and said that while the building was old and there was its fair share of issues, the reason that these six men were able to escape is because the officers on duty weren't doing their job. And that's pretty much all of the reports say. It doesn't go into detail about like 
what their job was and what was not done. It just, he just makes that blanket statement of they weren't doing their job. That's a pretty easy cop out of like, yeah, right. We, no one around here was uh, really paying attention. Right. So I'm just going to blame it on those guys. Right. All six men were captured and brought back to the jail, and some even had time added on to the sentence that they were already serving. So Edgar turned himself in on January 12th after investigators put pressure on his family. And then just a couple of hours after he turned himself in, Fabian and Andreas were captured in San Diego. Which, if you don't know how far San Diego and um, Merced is, that is a flipping long way. Right. Like, Merced's up there kind of, you know, kind of east of, like, San Francisco, and San Diego's way, way down there. I mean, they really did get the heck out of Dodge. Like, they were they, going. I'm really curious how they got down there that quickly, you know? Right. Just, like, hop on a bus. Also, I, I this is just my brain thinking. Like, what were they wearing? Like, were they in the prototypical uh, orange jumpsuit? Do they even... Are orange jumpsuits just, like, movie-based? See, I don't know. Uh, Stick around for our second episode about that, jail that, jumpsuits. <laughs> that'll be in, in Steven's corner this week. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna do a deep dive real quick on that. So, Gabriel was tracked down and arrested on February 6th. Um, so, he got out for about a month. And then we have Jorge and Emmanuel, um, who were found on May 28th in Arizona. So they were out for a good length of time. Three out of the six got time added on. One got eight more years. Another got 22 more years. And another got 24 more years added onto the sense that they were already serving. But I think because this case did happen this year... I couldn't find like which guy got which time and which of these six guys didn't get time on added on at all. Now what I the only thing I can guess is that Gabriel, Jorge, and Manuel, who were the three last to be found, um, and because they were out of they took it took them a while to be found. So those are the only three that I can guess, but I don't know that for sure. Um and I think like I said, it's just because this case did happen this year so maybe that's why i couldn't be able to find anything so that's pretty much our case (laughs) i'm adding this little bit of information just for fun but there was another man who escaped a different facility but in the same county just a few months later after these six and so like while i was researching the information about these six people there was this article about this other guy that kept kept coming up. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, he's not one of my six. And then I realized just a couple of months later, they've got another guy who's busting out. So April 26th, Charlie Everett smashed through several layers of building material before making his way through the fencing of the jail's perimeter and escaping. Now, Kind of another cool piece of information just for me and Steven. Charlie was found on May 14th, just an hour and a half north of where we are right now in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. So perspective on that, that is roughly 
I mean, and this is this is car driving, obviously. At seventeen hundred miles from Merced to Bartle, from Merced, California to Bartleville, Oklahoma. In not even, I mean, that's less than a month that he did that. Yeah, that's just a couple, and like in. I'm telling you, I think if I ever get arrested and have to go to prison, I'm going to request to to go to, like, Merced County. I, I, honestly. I think I've got a pretty good chance of getting out. Uh, so, like, when I was doing this, I was just like, what are the odds that this, like, random case that I find is, first off, also connected to Oklahoma and somehow, but also, like, this county needs to do something about their jails because that's seven people who escaped from this county in one year alone, and that's just wild. And actually, no, Sam, that's in like four months. I know. Not even a whole year. Now, the real question is how many people have escaped that they aren't telling us about? And true. And that's... I did make this case a couple of months ago. <laughs> so how many have escaped in the two or three months that I've had this case laying Rip. open? You know what I mean? We're going to come back to this one next season. <laughs> And we're gonna just just going to continue. This uh, is going to be like a Florida man segment. What's going on in Mercer County? Mercer How many County. people have escaped this week? Goodness gracious. But I was just like, I mean, I like I said at the beginning, I just wrote this down as kind of like a, oh, like that's another prison escape that I can write down. And then came back to look at it. And then I was like, you're telling me that another guy? Else. And so I was like, what are the odds? And so... It's just kind of a cool case for us because, I mean, it is Bartlesville, which is an hour away from us. And yeah. I was like, how cool. So, people of uh, Merced County, um, give us a phone call. We'd uh, we'd sure love to talk to your uh, prison system. Uh, we'll, we'll be consultants for you for a prize um, to, make, <laughs> to, to help make your... Uh, to not make your prisons a little less uh, easily. That'd be uh, a fun, like, they need to do, um, like, real-life escape rooms <laughs> and see if you can escape from the jail. <laughs> you know what I mean? How fun would that be? All right. There's Crimeology Presents Your Next Escape Room. <laughs> call, us, call us for licensing issues. ordinary people can escape out of the Merced County Jail. That'd be great. We might Money. be onto something here. <laughs> if anyone has funding, <laughs> please Season let us three, know. Stay tuned. But anyways, that's episode. What is this? Thirty-eight. So yeah. Sure. Thirty-eight. We don't know. <laughs> we're gonna take a second, and then we will be back with Stevens Corner. Alright, now we're going to get started in our crime of the week. This is just kind of a little segment that um, Stephen does where he kind of just Googles a random topic and we talk about that for this week. So as we just talked about um, right before the break, uh, we're not doing a crime of the week this week, actually. We're just going to, we're going to dive into prison uniforms because... Yeah, just because that's the rabbit hole we chose. That's the rabbit hole we've chosen for this week. Um, so yeah, we were getting into it, and so kind of from what I've seen, Sam's going to highlight some of these. But um, in the United States, um, there was you know basically most of the time, you know, just how we talked about, we typically see them as just the generic, just straight orange jumpsuit, which Come to find out, there's a whole lot more 
different colors than what there is. So, um, just a couple, and you know, if you just want to just, you know, hit that 30 seconds and go all the way to the end, if you're not interested, that's fine. But we're going to talk about this because it's interesting to me. Um, so there is actually a, um, it's a, it's called the standard minimum rules for the treatment of prisoners, uh, was first adopted in 1955. Um, but then amended in 2015, um, called the Mandela rules prohibited degrading or humiliating clothing, which required, um, basically was every prisoner who is not allowed to wear his or her clothing shall be provided with an outfit of clothing suitable for the climate and adequate to keep him or her in good health. Such clothing shall in no manner be degrading or humiliating, humiliating. There, that's the word. Um, you know, all clothing shall be kept clean in proper condition. Um, and then the other part is in exceptional circumstances, uh, whenever a prisoner is removed outside the prison for an authorized purpose, he or she shall be allowed to wear his or her own clothing or inconspicuous clothing, which I thought that's kind of interesting that, you know, there, you know, there is sometimes where I've seen them, you know, if they bring him out and if they're going to, you know, trial or whatever, you know, they're in something that's not necessarily a prison uniform. Right. So that makes a lot more sense now. Um, you know, in, in the United States and Sam's got a whole different list of colors, but I mean, basically it was, um, you know, here in the United States, it's either, you know, it's, it's the, it's the orange jump shoot orange jumpsuit with the white t-shirt underneath you know this and that um and of course originally it was the horizontal white and black uh striped uniform right there was a i mean when we go down the rabbit hole there's like pinks there's the um like tan khaki um this article i found it's primarily arizona and it's like you're the color you're wearing is based on what kind of prisoner you are. So there's like red, which is super max, which is kind of like the worst of the worst are in red. You've got the khaki or the yellow for the low risk white as like you're on death row, green or blue for low risk inmates on work detail. You've got orange for the general population. You've got maroon who are just for women. And then you've got like, if you were in the military and you're in there for like a military based crime, you're wearing camouflage. So like you've got the white with orange stripes, you've got literally all of these different colors that mean something. So I guess that's something that unless you did a rabbit hole like this, you would never know. But there are, there were like pinks and colors that you don't, wouldn't associate with prison right. uniforms. Oh, yeah. But I guess they all have a color. So there's your rabbit hole for the week. So, this is pretty cool. And also to add on to that, in federal prisons in the United States, uh, the concept was introduced um, in the form of khaki pants and shirts. So there you go. Just, you know, another thing to, to throw in there. So um, a couple other just random countries here um, in Finland um inmates wear prison uniforms of course unless they receive special permission permission to use um some of their own 
for like working out you know like I did see that there were a couple of counties who like let you wear your own clothes. I mean, granted, that's the one you yeah, the one outfit you like came into prison with. Um, so it's like one bottom and one new one top. But I did see that you were able to wear your own clothes if you wanted to. And then in Finland, those uniforms are red and gray. And then in South Korea, they use a khaki color scheme. So just a little outside of the United States here, but. Um, but yeah, in the United States, you know, most of the time, kind of what we've on the rabbit hole we've jumped down is the it's the orange and white stripe. So, unless you fall into one of the other categories right. and you're not, so I mean, there you go, pretty cool little bit of information that you wouldn't have known otherwise. Yeah, so there you go, you know where to come from or come to for your little rabbit hole moments. But, but yeah, um. Just a quick, hey, we decided to jump down this rabbit hole There's this week. There's our rabbit hole of the week. <laughs> New segment. There you go. <laughs> this is truly Steven's, Steven's corner so right honestly. here. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Episode 38. Wow, that are so, so many episodes. Um, so, again, like I said, just thank you guys for continuing to come back. Like I said, our numbers have, like, stayed the same, which is just super cool. Consistency. Um, I know, because we've been doing this so much you think people would get bored or whatever so it's reassuring to see that numbers are still the same and so that's super cool um and by the way i just i'm just gonna just completely derail our segment here um you guys are so much in luck because we're not gonna take off for thanksgiving right or or christmas i mean we're taking off christmas christmas is a saturday but we're just gonna keep the episodes flowing we didn't think um, at the point that we decided to do season two, that was something <laughs> that we talked about. It was like, okay, well, if we do season two at this point, we'd be going through the holidays. And so that's something that we were just like, okay. Because yeah, we'll at the point it. that season one ended, we were like, life was just crazy at that point. And so we were like, we need two weeks. Um, so, yeah, you're in luck. You got something to listen to while everybody else is taking breaks. We're not. And if you know if you're just tired of your family, don't be tired of your family number one. But if you are, you can listen to us. Right. Help you get through the the holiday season. With just a little bit of crime. <laughs> well, perfect. There you go. This Man. is episode thirty eight. That was kind of rough, Sam. I'm sorry. Well, you know. Yeah, hey. At this point, it's, it's thirty eight episodes. If you're not used to it now, sorry. Can't, we can't all be winners. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Like always, this is Sam. (laughs) This is Steven. And this is Crimology. Crimology.